Praise God. Amen. So we've been talking about we must multiply. And um, I want to go to our base scripture again, John 15, 16. And what does it say? You did not what? Choose me, but I chose you and what? Appointed. So if you ever want to know what your, what your calling or what your purpose is, God says, I've appointed you. I didn't just call you. I didn't just anoint you. What did I do? I appointed you. I appointed you to do what? That you would go. There's that word go again. And what would you do? Bear fruit. And what? And that your fruit would, see, I believe that's, I, I believe we have to, let, let me see, I don't want, I wanted to say, I wanted to say a new way of evangelism, but, I, but that's not new because it's been there all this time. We just didn't discover it. See, because sometimes we believe all we have to do is just, oh, we lead somebody to Christ and that's it. We must lead them to Christ, but they must come to church and they must what? Remain. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to force them to remain. As long as you bring them into the house of God, you got to get, maybe you have to get them to the house of God so that they can be taught the word of God and they can be what? They can grow because remember, in multiplication, you have to look at the fact that when you bring somebody to Christ, that becomes your spiritual child. Amen. I want you to look at it like that. So if you bring somebody to Christ and then you do not bring them to your house, what kind of child is that? That's an outside child. Can I ask you something? Why isn't the child good enough to bring to your house? Why is that child not good enough to be nurtured by you, to be taught by you? Come on, somebody. To be discipled by you. So, so I believe we have a whole lot of outside children. Come on, somebody. That we've led to Christ, but we have not discipled them. Listen. You know, you know, I tell my kids all the time, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, I'm still your daddy. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You may grow up, right? And you may not have, you know, you may grow up, but, but here's the thing. Even though you're grown doesn't mean you don't listen to your daddy no more, right? And so the key thing about this is in this verse when he says that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain so that what, see, this is the promise to the verse. See, you see, here's the thing. I'm not just bringing people to Christ so my prayer could be answered. See, some people will grab it and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to start winning souls. Boy, let me tell you something. <laughs> we are a peculiar people. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says we're peculiar, all right? And let me tell you something about some people. Some people are like, man, shoot, I'm going to go out here and win a whole lot of soul because whenever I ask God for something, guess what? He's going to give it to me. Here's the thing you got to understand about that promise. The promise of that verse is when he says, whatever you ask of him, he will give it to you. Here's the, here's the, here's the thing you got to remind yourself of, saints. You got to remind yourself of, of is this, that when you pray, you must pray in his will. Amen. God is not a... Uh, a, a genie. Amen. He's not a genie. He's not a, he's not a cosmic bellboy where you just ring the bell and here he comes running. That's not the God we serve. But we must remind ourselves that when we pray, 
We must pray in God's will. The will of God is what we need to pray. Not just what I want. I'm going to say it one more time. Not just what I want, but what? His will. Because the Bible says, and the Bible tells Jesus, the disciples ask Jesus, how should we pray? And what did he say? Pray then this way. What way? Our Father, <laughs> which art what? In heaven. Hallowed be what? Thy name. Thy kingdom come. is in heaven. Give us this day, what? Our daily bread and what? Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's praying in the will of God. But does it mean that I can't ask for whatever I want from God, you better believe you can ask for whatever you want. But make sure that whatever you ask, listen, if God brings you out your difficulty, right, it is because he wants glory. Okay? If God turns things around for you, it's not just because you can walk around and say, I got what I want from God. No. It's that God, you, you will eventually give glory. I was having a conversation with Deacon earlier, and I said, sometimes people, they forget, come on somebody, the moments in their lives when they face difficulties, and guess what? They go back to being ungrateful. You see, we want to be a church that is glorifying to God. We want to be a kind of people that when God blesses us, we show our gratefulness. And, and here's the thing, here's the thing. We want to be the kind of people that are obedient to God's word. God says he, he has chosen us that we may what? Bear fruit and that our fruit would what? Remain so that whatever you ask, what? In my name, what? He may give to you. But here's the key thing. Remember the key point today, okay? You don't want to have a whole lot of outside children that you don't want to invite into the house of God. Listen, if they're good enough to hang with, they should be good enough to bring home. I said something. I don't think you heard me. Amen. And listen, God wants us to multiply. He does. And so if you look at your handout, he says we must be fishers of what? Men. Go to key verse. Key verse is Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. My goodness. Let's back up to verse 14. Now, after John had been taken into custody, see that? This is after Jesus, the baptism of Jesus. And if you haven't noticed that right after the baptism of Jesus, we find that the Spirit, uh, Im the Spirit impelled him, verse 12, to go where? Into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness, what? 
40 days and 40 nights, being what? Tempted by Satan. You see, in this Christian journey, you must remind yourself of this. You have to be tested, amen, in order to grow. Now, if Jesus was tempted for 40 days, what was, what was the purpose of the testing? Faith, okay. Okay, to let the devil know that God had the authority. What else? To defeat Satan. Okay, what else? <laughs> to prove that in the flesh it is possible. Amen to overcome by the word of God and by the reliance on God any and every temptation that come your way. Notice strategically when it happened. It happened right after he had been what? Baptized. And Jesus, God says, and, and the Holy Spirit rested upon him, and, oh, I'm going somewhere with this, and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm what? Well pleased. It's after that event, that, that event that you and I have been through, come on somebody, that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Next week, I got a message for, for the leaders, amen, that the Lord has given me that's going to bless you to show you that as leaders, you don't have to, you don't have to worry. You got to trust God. But here's the thing. You need the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, here he is. He had been tested and tried. He was battle tested to prove that it is possible that all things, come on somebody, are possible with God. Is it possible, saints, to grow this church? You better believe it. Is it possible for us to win some souls and bring them into this house? You better believe it. Can we do all things through Christ? Yes, we can. I believe that we're giving Satan too much credit because after Jesus resurrected and ascended, he defeated Satan. So therefore, we have the power within us by way of the Holy Spirit to withstand any temptation. Jesus went through the different stages of temptation. One, to bow down to, to, to Satan. 
two, to glorify himself, three, to make a mockery of God. And the list goes on. There was about five or six temptations there that he overcame. And guess what? You can overcome too. This test that you're in right now, guess what? You can overcome it, but you will not overcome it in the flesh. Never. You will always fall flat down. But if you rely on the Holy Spirit, if you remind yourself that I am a chosen child of God, that I am appointed, and guess what? The little time I have on earth, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to multiply. Listen, I may, not, I may not live a very long time, but guess what? If I begin to multiply, then I, watch this. My life can be lived through my disciples that I brought to Jesus Christ. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Is that powerful? We know we're not going to be here forever. But the one thing we do know, that if we multiply, the Bible says, and I told you last week, that the Bible says that you will shine. Oh, hallelujah. Like the stars of the sky. You're headed somewhere. And here Jesus is. Tempted. And look what the text says, and he was with wild beasts. Notice where he was, and notice who brought him there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit, he brought him out there. Sometimes we're saying, I'm going through all this hell, Pastor. I'm going through all this trial. Don't you know maybe the Spirit of God brought you there? (laughs) Why would God do, if God... Wait till my message is more. Listen, if God is so good, then why is all this bad stuff happening to me? God is still good. See, what you got to realize is that you, you and I have the spiritual fortitude and power to make it through it. We do. Because, listen, here's, here's what you got to say. If the Spirit brought me there, come on, somebody, come on, somebody. If the Spirit brought me there, the issue, the, the, the issue is, you got to ask yourself a question. If you're being tempted and tried right now, who brought you there? But if it's the Spirit of God that brought you there, you have to understand something, that you're going to make it through that. It's a test. The wilderness is tough to navigate When you're in the wilderness, and this is what happens to a lot of us when we get into the wilderness, guess what we do, saints? We forget all about the kingdom. And all we focus on is what what I'm going through. I watched this lady come to church last week, had chemo, but yet she stood on her post. And you're telling me I got a little cold, and I got a little backache, and I got a little headache, and I can't press my way on to the house of God and show Satan you a lie. Come on, somebody. That was amazing to me. Amazing. See, when we're tested, we cannot 
shows Satan that we've been defeated because then he gets the glory. But when we're going through, saints, we got to press. We got to press. We got to push. We got to press. We got to push. We'll get up and go to work. <laughs> we will. We will get up and go to work. We know I got to make that money. But guess what? When it comes down to the kingdom, when we're going through, we throw it to the side. I applaud you for that. I applaud you for, for being strong. Hallelujah to his holy name. That even while being tested, you said, I'm going I'm to stand my ground. I'm going to stay on my post. Satan, you're alive. See, you haven't been there. See, you haven't been there. 21 days after my heart attack, I was back in the pulpit. Amen. Eyes was red, everything. But guess what? I was ready to do God's will because Satan was not going to defeat me. I'm determined that in the wilderness of life, I will not turn my back on God. He's been too good to me. Come on, somebody. He's been better to me. I'm not just saying that than I've been to myself. And in spite of what we go through in the wilderness, we cannot forget the kingdom of God. Our church should be full to the brim. We have something here that's so miraculous. We've seen miracles. We've seen people transform. And guess what? The world needs to know the greatest billboard is your life. We can spend millions on TV. Millions on radio, but the greatest billboard is you. I'll never forget that testimony. Never. I'll never forget that because it proves to me that if you have the will, God will give you the strength to press on. And we put our jobs, you know, we put our situations, we put our circumstances before God, and guess what happens, y'all? The kingdom starts doing like this. You know what's a great test? The next two weeks will be a great test for our church because the next two Sundays, we're going to have early morning services. Next, uh, the first Sunday of February, our service is going to start at 8. I want to see how many people are going to come and still be excited Amen. And still worship God. It's just a test. God knows what he's doing. He's positioning us in a place where, listen, we're going to be winners of soul. This, soul. this church is going to be great because you are all great people. Amen. Give yourself a hand for that. Amen. You are all great people. You're not looking at numbers. You're not thinking about what's going on. But what you're doing, but, but what we're doing is we're glorifying God, but God is calling us to multiply now. He says, I've held you. I've rocked you in my arms. Come on, somebody. I've, 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 I've fed you the word of God. Now it's time for you to go and have some cheering. <laughs> and bring them outside children you got. <laughs> Introduce them to the family. Oh, I wish I had. See, see, this is the thing that I asked. You know, here's the thing. If nobody wants to follow me to my church, 
What's wrong? Why? Coworkers. It means that possibly you're living a double life. They ought to see Christ in you. And if you say, hey, we're having a pro, what, what time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because our lives, saints, your life is a testimony. I'm sorry. I didn't know how I got all this. I didn't know how. Give God a praise. I didn't know how. Look what he says in verse 14. Now, after John, now here's Jesus. I'm sorry, right here. said verse Satan. He said he was tempted by Satan. See, this is why I'm saying when you read the word of God, you must read it very slowly, and then you must deal with every word, every conjunction, every comma, every period, because there's a story it's telling. It says that he was tempted by Satan, and there's a semicolon, right? <laughs> and what? And he was what? What's the semicolon for, Sister uh, Alicia? Is more. That's right. There's more to tell, right? And what? And he was what? And he was with wild. <laughs> Boy, I don't even want to go there. Secluded. In the wilderness, not just one day. Oh, my gosh. 40 days, and Matthew says 40 nights. Now, you notice each writer gives a different, listen, Mark is not very descriptive. Mark is kind of like a straight-up guy. You know what I mean? He just tell you the story, and then boom, I'm gone. I, ain't got, I, I have no, listen, I have no need for details, okay? He just says 40 days, and he was with wild beasts out here in the wilderness. You know what that wilderness is like out there in that world? like with wild beasts. But Jesus held his ground. Come on, somebody. He held his ground. He passed the test. And the text says, and the angels, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The angels were what? Ministering to him. Now, you know in the book of Revelations, right, if I was to use this, if I was to use that word angel in the, in the usage, Right, the same word for angels here is the same angelos in the Greek. It's the same word. The word angel means messenger. That's what it means. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. The same word for angels here is the same word for angels in the Book of Revelation when John wrote to the seven when Jesus addressed the seven angels of the church. The angels of the church is the pastor. That's who he's addressing. The pastor is known as the angel of the house. I don't think, you ever heard that when you went somewhere? The, to the angel of the house? You've heard people say that, right? I want to thank you for inviting me to preach, you know what I mean, to the angel of this house, okay? The angel is the pastor. So if I were to bring that to an application right now, oh, I don't think you're hearing me. When you're being tempted, the angel of the house, your pastor, can minister to you, 
Come on, somebody. Through the word of God, and you will get your healing. You'll get your deliverance. You'll get your freedom because God has ordered the angel to come with you through that valley. I wish I had somebody. You're not alone. Don't ever think you're alone. And don't ever think I'm too busy for you. I don't think you're hearing me. I live for you. I don't think you're hearing me. I don't know about any other church, but I live to serve you. That's why, that's why I exist. That's my calling. And it's a high calling. And when he says angel, I take that very seriously. Angels, what does angels do? What did the angels do? They ministered to him as I am to you right now in whatever you're going through this morning. Oh, hallelujah to his holy name. Let me say this. When I come on Sundays, I'm not trying, Sundays and Tuesdays, I'm not trying to bring a sales pitch to you. I'm ministering to your hearts because I know you've been out there in the wilderness with some wild beasts. I know the devil has been trying to tempt you all week long. I know he's been trying to pull you down. Amen. I know he's been trying to tear you apart. So when you come into the presence of God, hallelujah to his holy name. Hallelujah to his holy name. Look what he says next, 14. He says, now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel and saying the time of what? And the kingdom of God is what? Repent and believe in the gospel. Verse 16. And he was going along the sea of Galilee he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea. For they were what? They were what? Fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Now, let me tell you why I'm going with this. The rest of this lesson, I'm going to use the analogy of fishing. All of these big points right here, number one, the call to action. Number two, you must go where the fish are. You can't expect the fish and you out in the wilderness. You ain't going to catch no fish there. If we don't go where the fish where, where the fish is, <laughs> then how can we fish? So if we come to church every week, I don't think you hear me. I don't think you hear me. And we don't go to where they are because guess what? Fishes, fishes are not trying to get caught. Are they? Jesus said, I'm going to make you. Now watch this though. Jesus was a carpenter. 
He could have went. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to become skilled at fishing. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't have to use gimmicks to get people. We don't got to do that. We just got to use some bait. But you got to know what kind of bait to use with what kind of fish. Because not all fishers are going to eat the same bait. Fish or fishes. All right? And so what we're going to do, we're going to be fishing. And we're going to learn the art of fishing for men. Is that powerful? I think that's powerful. Strategy. Social. Listen, yesterday there were 28,000 people streaming. Uh, watching, I'm sorry. The march, the women's, the women's march all over this country. There was 28,000 people who were in, who wasn't there, but they were at home. Like, what kind of reach is that? Television is becoming obsolete. Social media is taking front stage, especially when you can stream live. See? If everybody here this morning were to put uh, my church start at 10 o'clock, join me in worship today at 10, right? Let's say you have 500 friends. Your 500 friends going to see it, right? But let's just say he's a friend, and he has 2,000 friends. So how many friends have seen that? <laughs> you, you follow what I'm saying? And, and, and then it's a multiplication from there. And then if you say, well, if you can't make it, then let me put this little link on my page so you can watch it. Point is, the, the, the point is, y'all, we can reach we can reach. There were 28,000 people when I watched. I was like, man, that is a lot of people, y'all. 28,000 people at the same time, at the same time in a forum and they're talking to each other. But look at that. Now, now watch this. We can gather. Let me give you an illustration. How many of you know about Charles Spurgeon? Charles Spurgeon was called in the 1800s the prince of preachers. He could preach, and he was very eloquent. He was very, he was very versed. He, I mean, he was prince of preachers. His church was packed out wall to wall every Sunday. They built a massive church in England, massive church. When Charles Spurgeon dies, because the church did not keep up with the times, the church is still around today with only 62 members. How do you go from having 10 to 15,000 members to 61? Because the church did not want to stay relevant. Relevant. 
So the elders of the church did not want to embrace the movement of the times. Saints, I know for the boomers in here, I know that social media may be a little bit scary for you, but what if I was to teach you how to use it responsibly? What if I was to teach you how to use it in such a way where it brings glory to God? Because there's a lot of people out there that know you. Young lady uh, at our school, uh, Misty Early, she really believes in what we're doing at TB Seminary. When she, she I put a, a fly out, she took that fly, she put it on uh, her Facebook, and she said, she said, I endorse this school. I am an alumni of this school. We got all kinds of calls. See, I'm trying to show you that if we don't change with the times, y'all, we're going to be irrelevant. But here's the thing. In the quest to be relevant, we're not going to stop being biblical. So that's why we must have a Christian worldview when we do this. Amen? And, and, so, and, and, and so Jesus said, I, I, I find it interesting that Jesus chose fishermen with that skill because a person that fishes, what is the one quality or characteristic that they need?